Hello and welcome to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. I'm here to share techniques and tools to help you engage with your audience and bring art, objects and ideas to life. So let's dive into this week's show. Hello and welcome back to the Art Engager podcast. So today I'm talking to Dr. Stephanie Smith, Learning Manager at the Museum of Australian Democracy in Canberra, about how they engage students in a historic space. But before that, last time I was talking to researcher and practice assistant Leonie Delay about how museums engage with young people, particularly through youth advisory boards. She shared the nine building blocks she's identified to help museums reflect on their strategies with young people, address challenges and to enhance the effectiveness of their youth engagement initiatives. So do listen to episode 118 when you get a moment. And now that The Art Engager has over 100 episodes, this podcast is a great resource. You can take your pick from the huge back catalogue of different episodes to brush up on your skills, be inspired and learn new techniques. So if you want to support this show and keep it going from strength to strength, please do so by treating me to a cup of tea on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Claire I'll put a link in the show notes. And finally, if you have a question for the show or want to suggest a guest, feel free to get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. Okay, let's get on with today's show. Before I share our conversation, let me introduce my guest today. Now, I've known Steph for a couple of years now. I first got to know her when she enrolled her team facilitators into my VTMO team training course. We worked together online over the course of 10 weeks, exploring questioning techniques, facilitation skills, and of course, thinking routines in the museum. And recently, I had the good fortune to meet Steph in person at MOAD in Canberra and lead a few workshops for Australian educators. It was a joy to go and see the museum in person, to hang out with the team over a few days, get to know how they work and observe their excellent facilitation and inquiry skills in action. So Steph has previously worked in primary classrooms and at a wide variety of cultural institutions across Australia. Her work at MOAD focuses on empowering young people to amplify their voice through the building of leadership skills, developing solution-focused mindsets and growing their media literacy skills. She leads an amazing team of educators who deliver on-site and digital programs, as well as run professional development sessions and create resources for teachers. Steph loves picture books, baking, and most importantly, supporting teachers and other museum professionals to grow their skill set. Now, Steph exemplifies what it means to work from an inquiry mindset. She's curiosity-driven, inquisitive, and actively engages in professional development and reflective practice. She's constantly seeking ways to improve and innovate in the work that they do at MOAD. 
In today's conversation, we talk about the different types of educational programs that MOAD offers and how the team fosters student engagement and participation. Steph highlights the importance of working with and from an inquiry mindset. We discuss how they intentionally design open-ended questions for their programs, structured in such a way to help students feel at ease when sharing their thoughts. And we talk about how they encourage students to explore and express curiosity by noticing details and asking questions rather than merely transmitting information. We explore MOAD's unique approach to team professional development. They have a facilitation-focused approach that encourages collaboration, continuous learning and helps to build a reflective practice amongst team members. We also discuss the team's regular slow-looking PD assignments where they pick a provocation and use that to identify areas for growth, reflect on their strengths and develop more awareness about their practice, both collectively and individually. Finally, Steph shares tips on how you can introduce a more facilitation-focused PD approach with your team. It was lovely talking to Steph about engaging students in historic spaces and facilitation-focused PD, and I hope you enjoy our conversation two. Here it is. Hi, Steph, and welcome to the Art Engager podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to be here, Claire. Thank you for inviting me. You're very welcome. So could you tell our listeners who you are and what you do? Ah, My name is Stephanie Smith, and I am the Manager of Learning at the Museum of Australian Democracy at Old Parliament House, which is in Canberra, Australia. And I look after a wonderful learning team, and we look after a whole range of on-site programs. We do digital programs and workshops, as well as creating a whole host of resources for teachers and running teacher professional development. Fabulous. Now, I've had the the pleasure of visiting you at Old Parliament House, a very special location, a very special building. So perhaps you could tell us a little bit about Old Parliament House and MOAD. So we're very fortunate here in Australia that we actually have two Parliament Houses. So Old Parliament House was our provisional Parliament. We collected up some money and we built a new Australian Parliament House that is located just behind our building where Parliament currently sits. So we have many stories from the time that the politicians worked in our building. So it's an object in itself that tells our Australian history, our political story and changes that have happened over time. But now we are also the Museum of Australian Democracy and we have contemporary exhibitions as well in our spaces which help us look at how democracy has changed since the politicians left our building and what we're looking at in the future and helping to create space for interesting discussions around the idea of democracy. Brilliant. And and as you say, the entire building and the the contents within are an object themselves. 
um, and your team who offer educational programs, they get to work in these historic spaces, um, such as the Senate chamber and various other places within the building. It's a, it's a beautiful building. I urge anyone to go to the website and have a look. Uh, so perhaps you could tell us a little bit about the types of educational programs that you offer. We are really fortunate. We have lots of schools and students that come and visit us from across the country. So in a normal year, there's about 85,000 young people that come to Canberra and we have the great fortune of hanging out with. But one of my favourite things is when they arrive, they pop on these little white gloves and it helps us out with the heritage messaging. Our building is almost 100 years old now and we want to make sure that these young people understand how special and significant the experience is and that they can help us to look after the heritage in the spaces. And so as part of our experience, we visit contemporary exhibition spaces where they engage in a trail program. So we have, we have RFID technology, so like the chip in your credit card, and students work in small groups and they tap next to a, a computer screen and it changes the content to questions that we have developed. And these are all aligned to our curriculum here in Australia. And these questions ask them to go and look at an object, a photograph, explore a piece of text, and then they come back and uh, answer some questions to go with that and think about how it relates to them. So that takes up part of their experience. And then the other part is generally visiting either the House of Representatives or the Senate Chamber, where we look at our story of how democracy works here in Australia. And in particular, we focus on how young people can contribute to our democracy and how they can make sure that their voice is heard in the conversation. Thanks for explaining that. I think you have quite a unique approach. How do you approach engaging students in particular, which seems to be your, your, your main audience amongst others, in this historic space? So we come from an inquiry mindset. That's really important to us. And noting what I've just told you about the importance of young people fitting into our democracy, something that's really important to the way that we engage students is making sure that they feel heard and that the way that we're facilitating our programs allows them to share their thoughts and ideas. Throughout our programs, we've specifically shaped open-ended questions which allow students to feel comfortable sharing with us they're scaffolded from the moment that they arrive when we consider what democracy means to them and giving them opportunities to connect with the people around them, test out their answers before they share with us to make them feel more comfortable and especially so we can develop some risk taker kind of behaviours with them where they want to dig a little bit deeper with us and share some of their thoughts and ideas. And so this really flows through all of our programs. And for our facilitators, especially when we're in historic spaces, the conversation has very much come from a place of what do you notice? We want students to pick out objects or ask questions that they're really curious about, what's got them wondering today, rather than our presenters delivering facts 
um, to students. Every program is very different because we're leading from this place of what are you curious about today when you're sitting in a Senate chamber? Is it going to be the red seats? Is it going to be the clocks or who sits in the set in the seats on the second floor or perhaps the chairs they can see? And that allows our presenters to then lean into those curiosities and share information. Yes, it sounds like your programs are very active. They're very uh, focused on the participants, participant-centered. You're coming from this place of inquiry. How do you ensure that your programs are participation-based? How do you ensure that students stay active when they're with you? For us, it's about offering different experiences depending on the space that we're in. Having our democracy trail and using RFID technology is very different to experiences that students will have at other museums here in Canberra. And it really allows our facilitators to move around the space and get to know students, find out about what other culturals they've already visited, what knowledge they already have, what they're interested in while they're completing this trail. But in the chamber, it's very much about making sure that they feel they're being heard and that our presenters are active listeners in the conversation. And so we really want them to feel, especially with questions like, what kind of change would you like to make in the world, that we're there and we're listening to what they have to say. And we want to make sure that we're sending them away with this idea that they can be a good citizen, they can participate in positive change and it doesn't have to be big things. It can be little things like being kinder to each other, thinking about what you pack in your lunchbox. And I think the fact that throughout our programs, we're changing up the way that we're communicating with students and we're moving through different spaces and looking at artworks and objects and spaces within themselves really helps to keep our students engaged. Yeah, so you said that you, you're changing up the way that you communicate with students in the spaces. Could you give us an example of what that might look like? So in our main exhibitions, we have to obviously open the program. So we have to, our presenters give a bit of context about the spaces that they're in. But that's also driven from asking questions about what they're noticing as they walk into an exhibition space. And when we're wrapping up, presenters will often pick from different artworks. We have the most incredible craftivism banners that sit in our democracy DNA and changemaker exhibitions, which always draw students in because they're brightly coloured, there's glitter, there's really simple, clever slogans. And it's a lovely way for presenters to be able to wrap up the learnings that have happened in the space and be able to invite students into a conversation. So I think the fact that the way that we're communicating is a mixture of these really honed in kind of questions that we've worked as a team on and that are scaffolded throughout the experience, layered in with these experiences of trail, of artworks and of, of spaces as well. I think it just adds something, an extra dimension to the experience. 
And one thing that struck me about working with your team over a period of time now, getting to know you online and then getting to know you in person recently, was that I've never met any team that spends quite so much time thinking about questions and questioning. And this has really struck me as well, how thoughtful your presenters, your facilitators are, and about the types of questions they ask and how they land with the students, the responses they're getting, and really thinking so carefully about the words they use and how they might phrase those questions to really open up uh, a conversation with the students. So talk to me a little bit about questioning. I think for us, there's been a lot of reflection across the team about those types of questions that we ask because they're so important to our experience. And as a team, we are quite curious. And when we talk to each other and when we're discussing changes we want to make to programs or when we've delivered something and and we just want to walk it through there's always the kind of language of you're making me think about I wonder how we could phrase that slightly better I wonder what would happen if we asked this type of question which then we'll test out with, with students. But I love that our facilitators have the same kind of inquiry language in the way that we reflect and engage with each other. With the questions in particular, if I come back to the one I, I talked about when we were, when they first arrive and they're in the orientation space, we really focused on this idea of we've got students who are coming to us with a lot of knowledge about democracy. We're, we've got other students who are arriving where this may be the spark of their unit of work with a teacher and it's the first time that they're really digging into what democracy might mean. And so we needed a question that was quite inclusive and allowed for a range of responses where students could feel successful. And that was really important in that idea of asking, what does democracy mean to you? And then allowing them the space and time to be able to turn and talk to the person next to them, test out their responses with someone else before sharing them with us. And then there was way more chance that they would be successful in whatever they responded with. And I think that's quite helpful. And in our reflections, we feel like that sets them up for the rest of the experience in our spaces. And we've talked quite a lot as a team about why you don't ask a question like, what is democracy? It's a slight change, but it's a way sharper question that that is a harsher one for students to answer, especially if this is their first experience with arriving in Canberra and learning about democracy to ask that kind of question and it can put them on a back foot and that will then affect the rest of their program. And so there's been a lot of thoughtful input into those types of questions that we're asking um, students so that we can make sure that they are as successful as possible in our program. And I guess the other thing that you're making me think about, Claire, is that Something that's really ticked over in my mind is that none of our questions are fact-based. I'm not interested in students remembering when the building opened in 1927. I'm not interested in them being able to recite 
the names of the chambers or remembering some of our first senators and, and members of the House, I'm really interested in questions that have multiple answers to them. So thinking about things like, what do you notice in a space that helps students to be successful because there's so many things they can pick out. Asking as you walk into an exhibition, what do you think this space might be about? What are you noticing in the banners? Or what stands out to you? These are all really deliberate in our programs so that it is about the experience and that curiosity that we want to encourage. So they'll come back and visit us again. I love that. I love that kind of being really deliberate and intentional about the questions you use and very subtle shifts. You're moving from what is democracy, which is a big kind of quite, well, nebulous kind of question to answer at any time of day for anyone to thinking about what democracy might mean to you. It's a very subtle change, but the responses that it must must garner is is probably quite incredible. I'd love to move on to talk about your professional development for your team because another thing that struck me from working with you is that the way you approach PD within your team is different to a lot of museums that I've worked with. This is one of my favorite things is the way that we do professional learning with our team and we're all learners. We're all growing. I'm a learner. I'm always developing my skill set and What I want for my team is that they're excited to learn new techniques, to try different ways of asking, questioning, and to have built in that reflective practice skill set. So something that's really important to us is when a new member arrives, it's not just about this training package that you deliver and your here's our program, away you go, you're ticked off, you're good to deliver it and forevermore, that is it. For us, it's about digging into inquiry as a starting point and the idea of open-ended questions. We're so used to asking closed questions, they're more comfortable, they get an instant answer. It takes a bit of time to shift that practice. But for our team, something that I'm incredibly proud of is this idea of slow-looking PD, slow-looking professional development. And what we do is every couple of weeks, and this is for our permanent staff, but also our casuals, and we have different slow-looking PDs that we pop out for both groups, but this idea of picking a provocation Sometimes it can be a Claire Bound episode that we'll ask them to listen to and they'll have a couple of questions to reflect on. Sometimes it could be a Trevor McKenzie graphic that they might be looking at and considering how we respond to students. Sometimes it could be something linked to democracy in particular or young people sharing a message that's um, important to the work we're doing. So we have lots of different options for presenters, but the idea is that they're bite-sized chunks, that it's one small part of the puzzle 
and we're building up their skill set. For example, we did one around, I'd created a word cloud with lots of different ways that you can respond to students. And the questions at the bottom will be things like, what does this make you think about? Or how is this relevant to our programming? And the idea with that is that they're starting to reflect on the way that they present. But what I was getting at with this particular slow looking PD was how do we honour the students' voices? As they're responding to us, how do we make sure that we're responding back in an authentic way rather than saying the same thing? Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and it's all the same responses throughout your program. What's a way we can mix it up? So that you're, that's interesting. Thanks for sharing that with me today. I really appreciate that response. You've made me wonder about. So different ways that we could authentically interact with students, but also building in that reflective practice with our team so that they start to think about, oh, I can hear it. I can hear that I'm saying the exact same thing in all of my programs. Let me pick up another one. And what we ask them to do is share a small snippet of their reflections. I'm hoping that somewhere they've got a, a, a nice Word document open where they've got lots of reflections, but we ask them to just share one or two things with us. And that helps me to see where they're at. It helps me then to see where we can grow where they've got really great skills and they can share them with the team so that we can honour the experience that they're bringing to the learning team, but also where we might want to do other professional learning. We do all sorts of things, like I've done small Smarty packets where they've created animals out of them as a creative challenge. We've also done ones where they've had to go into the studio and record themselves presenting where we did, that was a much longer one where we practice our kind of co-presenting. All sorts of things come up in there and we really enjoy the opportunity to grow, but to share with each other what we're taking away from these slow looking experiences. Oh, it sounds fantastic. It sounds a lot of fun to start with. So you get to play around with thinking about creativity, thinking about reflective practice, really looking back at what you do and how you do it. But you're doing it collectively as well, which is super interesting because people can then learn more about each other. And the other thing I wanted to mention is that I'm doing some reading around reflective practice at the moment. And it always seems such a nice idea. Oh, reflective practice. Yes, we should do it and we should do it often. But it's carving out the time and the space for that to become regular. And that's the whole point of reflective practice. And it seems by doing it regularly with your team and doing it collectively, you've, you're enabling that reflective practice to take place rather than being a nice thing to do, but there's never time to do it. Yeah. And I guess it's just become, you're right. It's become part of our norm of how we run our programs and the team being able to have conversations with each other. We did this fantastic thing, Claire. We used to have a workshop space while we were waiting for our exhibitions to be built. And we had this beautiful little task where students would have a hexagon and they work in groups of three and they respond to a question that was up on the walls that students had helped us create. 
And we'd ask the team when they came back downstairs after their program, they'd have like 20 of these little hexagons and we asked them to pick three. And my favourite thing was watching them sit at our big table where the rest of our team are and the chats they would have as they unpacked them and picking them and talking about, I had a conversation with this student and they were talking to me about their local community. I found it really interesting when I saw the drawing that they'd chosen to put on this particular hexagon. And it was such an important moment where they were just sitting and able to take that time to connect and to be able to respond in an authentic way with each other. And because we're unique in the sense that a lot of our programs are delivered with two presenters together and having that opportunity to connect with each other and to build their relationship was just so exciting to watch. And what we've done now that we have our permanent exhibitions is that we they come down and tell us what students have said, what kind of changes they would like to make, and we keep them up on a wall. They pick their top three and we graph them over the months to see how they're changing based on students that are coming through, based on what's happening in the media and watching that that change of what's important to them. So we've talked a, bit, a little bit about questioning. We've talked about honouring responses, which I think is super interesting, thinking about the responses you give and how you can genuinely show appreciation and value what someone has said. What about language how do you work on uh, the language that your team uses when they're, they're with? There's multiple things in there. For starters, we want a positive experience in the museum. So we're very mindful that we are facilitators of learning and that students are coming with their teacher. We utilise the teachers to help us more so with any behaviour management so that we can maintain that positive relationship. but. We try not to shut students down in their responses. Um, we try and be really considered in the way that we're answering them, especially if they're giving an opinion. Um, mm, that's very interesting. I appreciate you sharing that with me or helping to redirect in a more positive way rather than going, you're wrong. And that's very much so that they feel that museums are a place for them and that. They know they belong here and we want them to come back and visit us again. But something else that has become really important to our practice is even just like gender neutral language. I'm really triggered these days by the word guys mm. and in our programs, making sure that we've got options for the team to use that is more inclusive of our participants and honouring who they are. And we talk quite a lot to the team and do a few reminders every now and again. Guys, we'll pop up about students, even members when we're sitting or senators when we're in the space team and the language that we use so that we can make sure that we're being more inclusive of others. And that is a, that's a shift in the way that, that you talk. And it's not so easy for people. It takes a little bit of time, but we think that's important, especially to honor our young people. And it's developing that awareness as well, being aware of the times that you are using certain words. And once you develop that awareness, it makes it easier over time 
to substitute other language that might be uh, more inclusive to everyone. Yeah, it's fantastic to hear you doing that. Also reminds me of the episode on the podcast with Margaret Middleton when we talked about inclusive language as well. Yes, definitely one of my faves, but they're all my favorite, Claire. (laughs) You have to say that because uh, you're on a recording with me. So I would love to ask you, what have you noticed with your team from having these regular, slow-looking PD exercises, developing a reflective practice? What have you noticed from this process? I feel in particular it's given them a deeper awareness of our philosophy that underpins our programs. It really helps them to lean into this idea of inquiry that is so important to not only our on-site programs, but the way that we deliver experiences in our digital studio. And it helps them to not see themselves as a tour guide and that they are absolutely a facilitator of learning and that we want students to do the heavy lifting in our programs. We want to hear more from the students than we do our presenters. And this is quite a big shift for people, especially if they come from other culturals or if they are not used to working in a museum at all. So therefore they don't quite have the questioning techniques yet because we've got a lot of team members that are either coming from different museums, so they've had different experiences, or this is their first time working in a cultural institution, it can be overwhelming. And so what I find with the slow looking and the way that we scaffold the experiences, it makes it these beautiful bite-sized chunks that just help them get a deeper understanding of the program and what we want to achieve for our young people. And I just don't think you can get that from reading program notes. So this just really helps us to invest in our presenters and to make sure that we're creating this incredible experience for the students and teachers that are coming to hang out with us. And it's something that's different from what they're seeing at other museums. Yeah, and what I think I've noticed as well is it, it the whole team feels they're a part of something. So they are actively working together to work on their practice. And it's not a top-down led management instituted program. This is something that they're a part of and that they're actively shaping. And you can really see that within the team as well. I absolutely agree with that. And a lot of the slow looking ideas, whether they know it or not, come from the team when they'll pass on some feedback or share something they've really enjoyed that will spark something in myself or some of my other senior educators that can then turn into a slow looking activity for everyone to engage with. But I think, Claire, it comes back to that idea of we don't often present in isolation that when we're standing in the chamber, we have big groups of students. And so there's often two people. And so we need the team to have this strong bond because for us, it's 16 programs a day that are running from 8.30 in the morning to five. And our team generally present three of those and they'll be working with different people. And we want to make sure that across the team there, they get to know each other, that they have that same shared philosophy, but they're still bringing their own 
spark to the presenting, but that it's very cohesive. And you can definitely see that. What advice could you share for listeners who want to incorporate uh, a more facilitation-focused PD approach to their team? Have you got any tips or ideas? Always. I think start small would be my advice is to take a moment to observe and to see what's happening in programs and then pick one small thing to focus on first. So whether it's this idea of what open-ended questions do you ask during a program or whether it's how do you engage students with a particular object or artwork and getting them to share some of their responses, but picking something small and manageable as a first starting point. Some of our activities are even around connecting team members. The last two weeks we've been doing shared craft together where they sit at, they're invited to choose someone else to co-create a piece with. So they can be very creative with some veggies thrown in there that they might might not notice. But some of the questions we ask are, what did you learn about the person that you chose to create with? And why is this important to what we do here at the museum? So that it leans into that reflection. But absolutely take a look at what's going on, what's important to you in your programs and your philosophy, and then select one thing to help you on that journey. Some great advice there for anyone who's looking to incorporate more of this into their approach with their team. We do need to wrap things up now. So perhaps you could share with listeners a little bit about where they can find out more about you and Moad and the team. Sure. You can absolutely check out the Moad learning website and I highly recommend looking at our resources. We incorporate a lot of visible thinking routines into those. So they're well worth a peek. You can find me on Instagram, Steffi underscore Smith underscore inquirer. And there's a museum Facebook group as well, museum educators that you're welcome to join. Share lots of bits and pieces in there and some of the slow looking activities as well, in case you want to pick them up and borrow them for yourself. You're absolutely welcome to. Brilliant. We'll put all the links in the show notes so that people can find out more about you and your team and that Facebook group you mentioned. But I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much for all your input. Ah, Claire, it's been an absolute pleasure. And as always, you've made me reflect on my practice, which (laughs) is a great thing. And um, I'm excited to have been able to share some of the work that we do at the Museum of Australian Democracy. So thank you for the opportunity. Oh, you're very welcome. Pleasure to chat to you as always. So a massive thank you to Steph for being on the podcast today. Hope you enjoyed our chat. Go to the show notes to find out more about Steph and the work her and her team do at the Museum of Australian Democracy or MOAD in Canberra. Do go and find Steph on Instagram too. And if you're interested in participating in some gentle and restful slow looking, come and join us in the Slow Looking Club. We've got monthly themes and regular get togethers all based around the idea of slowing down and noticing more. I'll put a link to the Slow Looking Club in the show notes. That's it for this episode. 
Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Art Engager podcast with me, Claire Baum. You can find more art engagement resources by visiting my website, thinkingmuseum.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at Thinking Museum, where I regularly share tips and tools on how to bring art to life and engage your audience. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share with others and subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.